No, it's not the pursuit of happiness. His first draft said the pursuit of property. No way. Did it really? Yeah. I'll read it again. This is the first draft before he was um, encouraged to change it. Hello and welcome to Why Are We Talking About Rabbits? That's this podcast. You've tuned in. We're aimed at reaching folks like, well, maybe you. Or we're actually in touch with Neo from The Matrix because he felt a deep sense of dislocation like I do. Riley does sometimes. Riley's producing Mm -hmm. today. What's up, Riley? Hey, guys. How's it going? This is First Things Foundation doing a podcast and also trying to find meaning in heavy things done lightly. Let's do episode 30-something. I think it's 36. This is episode 36. This is, hey, what is capitalism? This is Wachtar. Riley. Yes, John. It comes right at you. It's flying at you. It's a question. It's spinning in space. And it's, what is capitalism? And you say? Uh, Capitalism is a distribution, a way of distributing capitalism. material things. Oh, nice. That's been adopted by the West. It's a way of distributing material things. I like that. I think if all goes well, the words that I'm going to string together will tell you that you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, let's do it. So you produce this bad boy and feel bad or good because it's just two dudes on, on the interweb. (laughs) <laughs> you look good though, man. Cause people are seeing us now. You know that? No way. Yeah, I don't know us. how I feel about that. People well, just it does watching look our like, faces talk. I know. Weird, right? It does look like the Appalachian um, mountain trees are blocking sun to your face. It does. Yes. Seem- That's happening right now. We're deep in the woods. We're, we're in it. Um, me too. I like to be, uh, I, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about, Tanning. What is tanning? All right. Tanning? Capitalism. No, no, don't do it. <laughs> don't start me. What is it? So there's a, a really very accepted idea in the world that called America that capitalism is an economic system. You touched on it. Um, I think after doing many years teaching and talking to adults and teaching a class right on Wednesday nights, that's a pitch. Tune in. Go to our website. You can find our class. Capitalism, Communism, and Christianity. Are they related? Uh, and we're doing that so that you'll come on and support our work. So go check that out. But wherever you bump into people who want to talk about capitalism, it's a thing in their mind that sort of maybe is something about money, like you said. And it's something that you participate in maybe. Uh, you gain benefits because the system like is associated with a good way to make money, right? I think of it as like a slip and slide. You hop on it, you enjoy like cool water and gravity for a while, then you get back off and then you get back on and you're doing capitalism sometimes and not doing capitalism, right? I think at least among the high school and college age students that I've taught over the years, it's like that. Capitalism is something they use. It's not something they become. And I think, like I said, this podcast is going to be about how capitalism is doing you. You're not doing it. It's a philosophical worldview. It's an ism. And 
capitalism is a narrative about human existence. And most of us in the West aren't telling the story. We are, in fact, the outcome of the narrative, if that makes any sense. So the first clue that tells me I might be onto something, at least as a historian or a podcast historian, although I did study history, is the word capitalism. Look at the ending. It's a very fine ending, a suffix, right? That lots of words share. Some of, right, some words like this come to mind are Buddhism, Hinduism, communism, genderism. But that's not really a word that comes to mind for me. I put it in there because it's a thing now, genderism. And of course, there's lots of other isms, but one thing about nearly all of the ism words is that they almost always are a type of lig. And on this show, right, Riley, lig connotes a worldview. A worldview is something that holds your world together. By that, I mean like really your world, like your ability to get up and go out in life and and do stuff depends. Like you don't go bat crazy if you have a worldview, I don't care which one it is, pick mm-hmm. one. But without one, it's pretty crazy, right? You just well, you walk probably, in. yeah, you probably don't exist without one. Like anyway. I do, I don't think it happens. Right. I don't you think a human. They melt down, maybe. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So some people are going right now, no, that's not true. Like, what about all these people just lost in the internet doing memes? Well, their worldview is, is life is good when you share your memes and laugh. There's some lig that if they had to put their words to it, would be like a ligament, right? It would be holding things together. Right. And so binding ideas are ideas that we humans use to make sense of the world. And I think it's just hard pressed to answer that. And the cool part about that, and the reason we use it on this show is because the word religion in Latin, of course, the root word is lig. Because the old world knew religion is that which binds your world into a coherent system. It's a ligament of sorts. And everybody has one. So capitalism, I think, is like a lig right? It's a type of spiritual or psychological entity that we moderns have chosen to put into our pantheon of most beloved gods. You know, the pantheon in Rome where all the, I think you've been there, haven't you? I have not. Yeah, I did get to drop by there. Yeah. Right. All the gods are in the, yep. In the dome. Yeah. I think capitalism is one of the really important gods. It might even be toward the center. Hmm. I think. Listen to this from 1776, quote, it's not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own interest. 1776, it's not the kindness of the butcher, right? That we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own interest. And you know this is Adam Smith. Hmm. So two seconds on Adam Smith. He's a nice guy. He's a very chill person. He was not a political activist. He was a philosopher. 
And he's writing right around the time of the American Revolution. Wealth of Nations is his big book. And if you know anything about capitalist history, this is a book that's often cited like I'm doing right now. So what's going on here? Before we go into the quote, be aware that I don't think bad things, Rylito, of Adam Smith or capitalism or anything. Um, for the most part, I think he was a good philosopher of the newly emerging modern era we call the Enlightenment age. In many ways, he was a committed Protestant Christian. In other ways, he wasn't at all. But he was just trying to make sense of the philosophical ground that we all have to make sense of. I was listening to Jordan Peterson with Jonathan Pajot. And they're just making sense of the ground they walk on. Did you hear that pod with those two? Oh, it was fantastic. Wasn't it nuts? Just a couple of like geniuses just going at it. It's it's so good. I know. Peterson marches right up to like the abyss and is like, I just help me. And Pajot's doing his best to go, well, I think this is what it means to have a philosophical or a spiritual grounding. Yeah. Yeah. That's intense, right. man. I mean, this is basically what we're doing. Like this is an attempt to just try and figure things out that are happening in the world, which is yeah. good. I think it yeah. should happen. Yeah. Because what happens to us as would happen to you in Guatemala is you come back from really doing some pretty hardcore immersion and your whole, all your ligaments get, they maybe not fully snipped, but they get, they're nipped at, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, they're torn down in a certain way. Yeah. You got to like almost reconstruct your philosophical self or your, spiritual self so anyway for, for smith is trying to do philosophy i think people think he was like an economic writer like he wrote books about economics he didn't he wrote one david hume was really writing a lot of books about economics but anyway <clears throat> he was mild-mannered he was thoughtful he was hardly like these french jacobins that were basically chopping heads off in france only like 10 years after his book <laughs> You know, the Bolsheviks of the Russian Revolution, they're rough, right? This isn't Adam Smith. But I would say this, as mild-mannered as he was, I think he may have caused as much of a human upheaval as anyone else maybe ever. Hmm. He's a radical. He's, his, it just comes out of a book. So if you see history from the old world and especially from the East, which is what we're often doing, you see that Adam Smith and his good buddy, David Hume, another philosopher, a Scottish enlightenment guy, 1770s, they're unle well, he's, he's a little earlier. He's in the 1740s and fifties, but they're friends. They actually know each other. They're unleashing a host of ideas that invigorate and make possible a new kind of person. So I'm going to use some words, a type of super person, right, or maybe a super responsible person or a super responsible wage earning person. Hmm. And then I think really what they're doing in their philosophy and they're all these, all these philosophers join them. They're not the only ones, but I think they're creating a super responsible wage earning person that begins to believe in his own superpowers. And I think something like, you know, if I think something, what, what happens is in many ways, they quote work, they work in the sense that the philosophy of the capitalist works to create incredible wealth. Like it's a good system when individuals learn to think this way. Hmm. Like, 
they ball stuff out. So nobody's denying any of that. And if you like stuff and you like to have, be surrounded by cool stuff that makes your life easier, then they're, they're your guys. So, sorry, just a clarification point. So this sure. is that like working hard is good because it earns you wealth. Like it's a sub, it's a sub action of the goal of getting wealth and therefore it's good. Awesome. Well, again, these producer guys are good. You're, you're, you're asking the question that gets us into the, the why, the meat of the matter, which is, okay, yes, capitalism is good because it makes you wealthy, but that's not the point. As we'll see in a second, right after this commercial, the point is something about freedom. Hmm. And freedom for a materialist philosopher of the enlightenment is something, has something to do with stuff. It couldn't have anything to do with God. It wouldn't make sense. Hmm. Because they can't even speak to God. But what Hume and Adam Smith was very much a materialist. What they're really speaking to is, hey, if people are thus, let's get them the stuff they need to make them happy. And that brings us to a commercial. JSJ is a three-member team of experienced teachers and actors. I'm one of them. Yes, it's a shameless plug. One of us is South Asian, one of us is white, one of us is black. And you know what we do? We serve businesses and local schools by offering consulting on race and the old and new world notions of identity. And I'm just going to go off the script and just say this. Identity will get you fired fast in the workplace. If you don't say it right and do it right, you're in big trouble. Well, we'll do it right. We're dedicated to United Americans using customized seminars that take our clients beyond superficial conversations about race and the workplace. We engineer creative conversational space using humor, relevant world experience, and here's a cool one, music and history, classical philosophy. We'll talk about race, but in a way where everyone leaves saying, hmm, I never thought of it like that. And maybe even there'll be a little peace of mind. That's the goal. That's what we do. JSJ Consulting will come where you are to do what you need. We'll customize. If you're interested in such a thing, look in the pod notes, give us a call or write us an email. JSJ Consulting, a part of First Things Foundation offerings. So what we're trying to say, right, Lito, when it comes to Adam Smith is Adam Smith is a philosopher trying to do isms. He coins the word capitalism um, and he does it because what he thinks, as we spoke about, what he thinks will benefit human beings is capital. But remember, that's not the goal. The goal of his lig, of his ligion, of his religion is not to create capital. It's to create happiness for individuals. So let's look at the quote one more time. Mm. It is not from benevolence of the butcher that we expect our dinner, but from the butcher's regard for his own interests. So it's not like Bob the Butcher, right? It's not that, that we like or don't like Bob the Butcher. And it sure ain't important if Bob likes us. It's that Bob's got some pork and we're going to get it. And it's the best. And what's the other one? It's really important in the market that it's the best price. That's the heart of the matter for, for Adam Smith. Just like that. That's, 
That's how humans operate, according to Adam Smith. That's just Adam Smith is saying this, Riley. Just think about it, really. Just be honest for a second. Think about it. Do it. It's not Bob that you're going to the butcher for. You're going for the meat. And so if everyone operated rationally in this manner, then prices would drop and people would find the best butcher and everyone would benefit. Hmm. For us in 2021, this is like kind of obvious because we, I don't like this term because it sounds negative. We drank the Kool-Aid. We put on the clothes. We got dressed up in this idea. We've been walking around in this suit for a long time. I mean, it's kind of rudimentary, this concept. But if you look a little harder for a minute, you can see that Smith is challenging a world, an old world that in 1776 had been saying something very different about the marketplace. He's challenging a narrative that was different. That's why he's so famous, not because he came up with the idea of capitalism. He challenged a worldview. And what was the worldview? If I can be, this is not historical people. This is just me paraphrasing a human that surely had to exist, right, Riley? Science. Quote. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes. Can we do that? It's, It's science. People have to decide, right? But check out, don't you think there's a human that said this? Quote, make sure you don't waste time, honey, going over to old man Bob's butcher place tonight like you did the other day. We need to get our pork from Uncle Steve. Let's just stick with Uncle Steve because I know his price is a little higher, but I couldn't live with myself if I kept buying from someone other than Uncle Steve. He always took care of me. Unquote. I think someone said that. (laughs) (laughs) I do. That's the old world. That's the one we talk about in the show all the time. It's dripping in loyalty and fealty and what we moderns call nepotism. (laughs) Right. By the way, that wasn't really a thing then in the old world. Like, it'd be really weird. You lived in Guatemala. Yeah. It'd be really weird if you went, look, I don't, I know it's your uncle and I know it's your dad, but look, I don't give a damn. It's about the price, Mr. Mayan. (laughs) How dare you buy from your father based on relationship? But it just wouldn't roll like that. Yeah. Now, I people are saying in America it doesn't roll like that either. I, I agree. But the point of the philosophy in Adam Smith is to say it should. It's rational. Don't be irrational. It's irrational to keep buying the high-priced stuff from Uncle Bob. Hmm. But people do it. Don't get me wrong. But where that happens, what, what the Enlightenment philosophers are saying is, you're dumb. The old world demanded obedience to blood, to the father, to the king. What was sold was sold because it belonged to the right people. See, you see how that works? It, 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 Smith challenges this idea. What he wants and what he writes about again and again in philosophy books is a free individual, an individual allowed to create value on his or her own. A free individual is a good individual. They're going to be happier. Remember, he's a studier. This is important, Riley. He's a studier of philo, love. And in the tradition of philosophy, he's a studier of wisdom. He hates mercantilism. He hates mercantilism, which was the the economic system of his day. So he's trying to turn mercantilism on its ear. So what's mercantilism? It's the system of basically the government picking merchants and then making those merchants buy and sell 
what the government needs them to buy and sell to foreign entities. Hmm. And if you were the right merchant chosen by the king, then you got to sell and you got very wealthy, but most of the wealth you gained went back to the crown and then they redistributed the wealth. And so that's the system in place at the time of Adam Smith. And he's like, this is disastrous. He really hated it. He's like, the government gets to pick and choose all the free operators in the market. That's going to ruin everything. They're going to mm-hmm. pick the dumbest. They're going to pick the, the inbred royals. Not joking. They're going to keep picking the people who don't do the market well. Right. So they're going to choose unhealthy partners that keeps clogging up the, quote, economy. And so they were not big fans of mercantilism because they're not big fans of the government. Now you hear America, right? You hear it. Mm. Adam Smith, Smith hates mercantilism because he loves the individual. He challenged the government of his day because he fought for the common person of his day. That's his story. And he's sticking to it. There's a good book, Relito, you should, you should read it. Our Wednesday night class is reading it, or if they choose to anyway. It's called Our Great Purpose, Adam Smith and Living a Better Life. So it's this, it's almost like a self, it feels like a Joel Olstein book, doesn't it? Like Adam Smith, <laughs> Our Great Purpose, Living a Better Life by Ryan Patrick Hanley. <laughs> it's actually the name of the book. But what he's doing in there, he's going, hey, lay off, man. Capitalism is not about greed. It's about how to become a better human. Hmm. Isn't that nutty? So it, so let's just do this, okay? At the core of Adam Smith's capitalism is the individual, but not the individual as understood from the old world. For instance, in old world Christianity, you're an individual, Rilito. Mm-hmm. Right? I think. I mean, you have a name in front of God. Yeah. What is your name, by the way? It's not Riley, is it? Uh, it's Patrick in the Orthodox Church. So you're Orthodox too. I, <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm introducing you to our, our crowd. Yeah, I'm, I'm also an Orthodox guy. I hope everyone's like not either tainted or now in love. They're like, like they were on oh, the fence before. And now they've like chosen. Those. He's one of those. Yeah, exactly. So why is Patrick your name, not Riley? Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of explanation for this, but basically the idea is that when I am baptized, I am, I, I, in some ways I am reborn. So I, I go into death and I come out again, uh, kind of as a new person in this, in this new, uh, way of living. And so it's your water in your bed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then I come out of the water and that's, you know, that's a symbol of, uh, coming out of the chaos. It's a symbol of chaos, the order of rebirth. Um, and in that I take the name of, it's, it's just part of the tradition to take a name of a saint who has been a saint in the Orthodox tradition. So my middle name was already Patrick. So it was convenient for me just to take Patrick, but that's, yeah. that's the and gist, it, but is it John St. Patrick, the, the old school Irish St. Patrick? It yeah. Is. Yeah. St. Patrick, uh, ninth century, I think eighth yeah. century. Dude, get it. Yeah. So you have a name before God, God knows you as, as a person, but would you say you believe in individualism? 
Here's another ism. Um, I, I don't think so. I think I believe that individuals exist, but individualism sounds like the sole good thing in the world is according to the individual. Yeah. And that's what happens. You got it. This is the enlightenment. This is the story of a shift from always looking up to now looking side to side and now actually looking into your own mind. That's Descartes. And so it's a type of worship. Don't hear worship there as like some idol worship and, you know, the devil or anything. But worship where you spend your spiritual energy has shifted when the enlightenment right. to, to, to the individual. Yeah. Peugeot would say that it's worship is like another way of saying uh, like a hierarchy of attention. It's where you put your attention. Right. And so capitalism in this sense demanded a new God, Adam Smith, and especially David Hume were like, we we're not dealing with this immaterial God anymore. We're material. We're going to deal with what's material. And here's the deal. What I know to be true, at least the only thing I kind of know to be true is my mind works. I've got to focus whatever system I live in on my mind or me. And so there's kind of a new sheriff in town, a new God. And the old one, in this case, the old God was something like a Bible-based Jesus or in you know the Middle East, Allah. The old one, while it allowed for individuals, it didn't allow for individualism, the sense that the person was at the center of all activity. Right, Orthodox guys, Catholic folks, they they love the individual. God made an individual, but in a group mentality kind of way. Mm-hmm. In the Orthodox Church, they say you can't be saved alone. It's impossible. You can't do it. There is no mm-hmm. you in that sense. So mm-hmm. the old world cats, they didn't create individualists. They created individuals dedicated to something like loving their neighbor. That was your goal was to, right? There's that old prayer. God, let me decrease that you might increase. You're not supposed to be an individualistic person, but -hmm. you are an individual. And so in the end, the old world was trying to get you to see yourself as able, as capable of obeying the father. See, this is a trip. Watch this. The Christian system, like the Muslim system, or even really the Hindu, all the old world systems, but especially Christianity, was we need to put you through a type of gauntlet that allows you to, in when it's all said and done, you're capable of obeying the Father, the King, the God. You need to be capable of that. For Smith and the Enlightenment philosophers, you need to be capable of rational thought so you can serve yourself and in so serving yourself you will serve those around you that's a different concept man and i know it's true because you can see it in history it's the fruits of history so check this out for 1500 years since the time of christ and peter and paul and all those cats there had been exactly check this out zero christian cultures that also called themselves individualistic now Athens, ancient Athens, the Greeks had done some individualistic cleaning, or sorry, individualistic political stuff. You know, they had done democracy in Athens in 400 years before Christ, and that system had rights somewhat. But democracy gave representation to people. There was definitely a sense of the individual. It was growing anyway. But once Christianity kicks in, 
you don't see Christian cultures choosing individualistic style democracies. They don't, the Christians don't get together under Constantine and go, you know what? We need that democracy back. And it's weird, right? Because the history of the Christians, and if you think about it, it's the, the first Christians are Greeks. The first Mm. Christians, I mean, Paul's writing letters to Thessaloniki. You can Mm -hmm. still go there, guys, if you want. Galatia, you can go. It's it's these are Greek people that are choosing to follow these early Christians. And then 300 years later, they get a Christian king. And the Christian king, Constantine, says, "Okay, we're all going to be Christians and let's put in place a system called. Democracy, capitalism, individualism. (laughs) He doesn't do any of that. Now, here's what's really weird. You want to hear what's really weird? Is the Greeks, Constantine knew his Greek history. He knew all about Athenian democracy. He knew all about rational human endeavors from Plato. And it, it wasn't like it was weird to him. I mean, it might be weird for, you know, Bambara people in West Africa to suddenly adopt democracy. But these were Greeks that knew this stuff. It was only 400 years old. We should know our past, and the Greeks knew their past, but they didn't choose in any way that path of democracy and individualism. What they chose was a socialized form of monarchy. They chose a system. Well, if you look closely, it's a redistributive economic model that puts all the wealth into the hands of a few who then recommit that wealth to common people. That's the system that the early Christians chose. Put simply, Christians of the old world did not seem very compelled, Riley, to practice a social system or an economic system that honored individualism. Yeah. They weren't down. They didn't get why they would do that. But you know who does do that? Thomas Jefferson. TJ. So let's just do this. Let's just, I'm going to quote TJ right now. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and no, it's not the pursuit of happiness. His first draft said the pursuit of property. No way. Did it really? Yeah. I'll read it again. This is the first draft before he was um, encouraged to change it. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. Where is he getting that from? So interesting. He's getting that from Adam Smith, David Hume, John Locke. These are the big giants of the enlightenment and all of them. Well, Locke actually wrote those words. John Locke a hundred years earlier wrote mankind will be mankind will be in a state of grace or a state of happiness when they are free to pursue life, liberty, and property. This is the goal. Now, why the heck would property be the thing? It's kind of interesting, right? Why would Mm -hmm. property be the thing? When you say property here, I mean, it's like, material possessions, any, any good that you own? Well, they actually meant property like, like land, like land property. Okay. 
Here's why. If you can't own it, you can't sell it. And if you can't sell it as an individual, then you can't experience the loss and the gain. Now keep going. If you can own it property, you can experience the gratification of the wealth that comes with it, which means you can become a capitalist. Flip it around. If you have property or anything else and sell it poorly, don't make a profit, you also suffer the realities of capitalism. And it teaches you to be more rational and pay close attention. If the government's doing everything for you, you remain like a child. You remain, for, for, for Jefferson and, and Adam Smith, you remain imbecile. You remain like a child incapable of directing your own self-worth. You have to wait for the government to help you. Because they're going to bail you out. Everyone's going to own something. The king's obviously not going to let you just die because you're one of his children, father. And so what they said is, this is bad. Now, they didn't say it's bad. This is really fascinating. They didn't say it's bad because, well, you'll get to eat at least. In capitalism, the idea is, is it's bad to give everybody everything because they can't become fully human. Fully human meant fully free to suffer right, wrong, good, bad, poverty, wealth, whatever it is. So they needed an economic system that allowed them to get to their philosophical telos, their end. It's really interesting. And you know how one way you know this is you pay attention to the 20th century, just this last century. You pay attention to 20th century philosophers, especially folks who liked capitalism like Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand, one of the most famous proponents of capitalism. Have you heard of her, Mr. Producer Guy? I have, yes. She was like all in, okay? She had moved from Russia where she was all out, like it was communism. So she just died just recently, 19, I think 1980s. She wrote, she wrote Atlas Shrugged Everything. You can, guys can look her up on, on her pod notes. So she's living this life and she's a philosopher and she's like, how do we make people most happy? Listen to this, listen. This is her, her words from her book, An Introduction to Objectivist Epistemology. She quotes, starts, give me liberty or give me death. The idea social system, the ideal social system must be considered if mankind, you Riley, if you are to live free and the ideal system is laissez-faire capitalism. Economically, this is a complete separation of state and economics in the same way and for the same reasons as the separation of church and state. Watch, she keeps going though. Quote, an individual who eagerly faces reality, who embraces his own rational mind as an absolute, and who makes his own life his highest moral purpose, he will demand freedom. He will demand the freedom to earn property and to pursue his own happiness. Unquote. What? An individual who eagerly faces reality, embraces his own rational mind as an absolute, absolute, and who makes his own life his highest moral purpose will demand property. 
Flip it around. A person who demands property will be on the road to becoming a truly rational mind, a person who has his life as the highest moral purpose. Mm-hmm. Whoa. But so the thing is, they, they probably, uh, how do I say this? Had anything ever been done like this before? Like any sort of economic system had been tried to run in this way with no rationality and individual. So maybe to an extent it was like, Hey, let's try it and see if it works. Uh, because perhaps this is a good thing for people, you know, perhaps they will be free and they will be creative and they will also gain wealth at the same time. And what's wrong with that? Yeah. What is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that except for you have to change the way people operate. That's the only problem. Right. Right. Because you got this little problem where they go, well, I really can't take, here's the big one. I really can't charge you any interest because God says so. And also having your money work, having my money work to make me more money when I'm not producing anything, that's a sin. What? Yeah. I can't do that. Sorry. Now a capitalist is like, what? Yeah. You have the opportunity to charge me interest. What are you doing? That's a radical concept to not charge interest on a money loan. Well, I know what's really wild is they didn't do it for like a thousand years in the Indian <laughs> Empire. Right, right. It wasn't allowed. Everyone now is going, what? They didn't allow them to. Tra- yes, that's right. And guess what happened to the economy? It slowed down. But they were like, well, what am I supposed to do? Just use people? I'm supposed to use yeah. my money to make money? You're like, yeah. They're like, nah, I'm good. I don't really feel like going to hell. <laughs> and the people finally, and Rand's like, really, dude? <laughs> and Rand's like, number one, no evidence for hell. Number two, don't you want to be free? Get yeah. it, man. Let's go. Get your stuff yeah. on. Now, I know people who love capitalism are saying, this dude's a communist. No, I'm not. I'm telling you. But there's no way out of this thing that capitalism is not an economic system. It is a way of life. And you either is or you ain't aware of it. So what's going on here? Let's just wrap this up, right, Lito? You want to? Yeah. Yeah, I do. (laughs) No, I mean, I love it, but it's good. You're like, big time. (laughs) No, no, no. no. (laughs) I want to hear your closing thoughts. This is awesome. In the end, the new world is what I think. Our world, the one we live in, me and you, everybody else, is founded upon the notion that human happiness is the outcome of the right to make money. We're just going to, we're, we're going to get spit out of the system as happy because we were allowed to make money. That's the leg in play. Yep. That's it. Right. Our modern religion is built on the new notion of the individual of individualism, of a belief about the human as the center of things. And our new leg is capitalism. We just believe in the ascendancy of the individual, man. The individual is now over the king, he's over the country, and he's over God too. Let's just be honest. That and and that's had to happen for there to be what we think of as capitalism. But what I'm here to tell you is, is what we think of as capitalism is actually 
what individualism looks like in the marketplace. Individualism is the a priori. Capitalism is what happens in the marketplace. You know how we know this, Riley? Because when we lived in Guatemala, people were buying and selling stuff. Mm -hmm. They didn't not buy and sell stuff. When I was in West Africa, it was the freest markets I've ever seen. There were markets where I don't even think there was electricity or a government official or anyone even knew what was being sold. Right. Markets are different from capitalism. Free markets are different from capitalism. Right. Free markets are not even they're not relevant to this conversation except in that they have to exist for people to become fully human according to capitalism. So I don't know. I love this conversation because if you start to take it seriously and we'll do communism too. And in my class on Wednesdays, which I encourage everybody to go check out on our website and in the pod notes, when we hit communism, you'll see that the communists are saying the exact same thing. A priority, mm. number one, there's stuff. Number two, what's the best way for the stuff to be used? Number three, what's a person? A person is stuff. Let's make sure that people are really happy when they have equal stuff. Capitalism says, no, you're bailing them out. They can't become fully human until they're fully free to make money. And Christians are sitting around going, um, I don't care. Dude, what's interesting is it's, is like, just to comment on my current, my contemporaries, my peers, kind of the, the millennials. Yeah. These guys are all rebelling against this. Like, I think mm-hmm. this was kind of a thriving thought in maybe this, what the fifties and sixties and seventies, right. When, when the whole 20 kickstart this thing. Century. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. right. Absolutely. For sure, for sure, right. That's right. 50s, 60s, 70s, and right into the Reagan Revolution. Yeah, big time. Right, and now and now people are starting to go back on that, and they're starting to look at like the, I mean, like the tiny house movement, and like let's let's convert a van and like just kind of live in that. Like people are starting to go from this idea of let's make a lot of wealth to be happy, and then realizing that that's not a thing. Like that's it won't one, it won't bring you happiness, and two is is happiness the thing? Like is that <laughs> is that the ultimate? Is that the goal? So it's interesting. Yeah. What is the goal? So what if it is that capitalism, when living in it, doesn't bring you happiness? Then these philosophers are wrong. Right. Right. And then what are you doing with the business that you own and like all the other stuff that you're trying to do to make money? You're like, what, what is my life worth if I'm not going to be happy? After right. This? And so if you keep pushing it, what you realize what's breaking down is not capitalism. What's breaking down is the philosophy of individualism. Hmm. And as individualism as a thing, the individual at the center of all things breaks down. What happens is, is the so will the economics of it. And if you look at communism, there is an attempt in communism or the commune to break down the individual is to not hold the individual up as, as important as the group. So, I would just encourage everybody if they want to know the canary in the coal mine story, you know, you know, that's when the canary can't chirp anymore. You know, you got to get out of there because there's some, there's some deadly gas. If you're an individualist and a capitalist and you like it, pay close attention to individualism as a philosophy. If you see it breaking down, your beloved capitalism is next. They can't survive. 
right? They can't. Yeah. It can't. I, so. I feel a second podcast coming on <laughs> that's called The Signs of of the world of capitalism breaking down today. Oh, that's, we, we won't go on, but that, I mean, think about it. This is the lies that you can be a capitalist. Oh, you know, you know what I live is people are like, no, what happens is capitalism is about groups. So like a whole neighborhood comes together and then they all together decide to buy like a dog park together. That's capitalism. Okay. That's capitalism on its way to something else. They're still using the market concept, but pretty soon, according to Ayn Rand and these philosophers, the individual will not be free to fall, to, to, to rise and fall on, on his or her own. That's mm. the key to capitalism is they have to get broken or they have to get built. And that's why you have winners and losers in the capitalist mindset. But like this idea of a person being free, right? Right. Like, uh, the practice of creativity in what starting a business or, or mm-hmm. starting to do their own, uh, their own products and their own marketing and like um, using kind of their own skills to develop these things and uh, produce something good in the world, perhaps. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. like, you got a great butcher who's really good at doing butching or whatever. Right. Butching. Um, <laughs> I like that. Dude, I'm the best butching person there is. <laughs> Uh, what's like, isn't that, can't that be conceived as a good thing? So why is that bad? Awesome. So to me, as the guy in the pod who's doing the readings and stuff, it's really good. It's really good. Here's the trick though. This is the part. This is where the Eastern Christianity kicks in. You ready? No one's going to like this part. (laughs) Remember it's called capitalism. So good job with your business. Wonderful. That's excellent. What happened? I mean, we're starting one, right? We're going to start the KP Cafe. Yeah, yeah. We're starting the KP Cafe. And look, we spent, let's just pick numbers. We spent 1000 made 2000 We have $2,000. Mm-hmm. Everyone's paid. Capitalism tells you way to go. Hold it as a type of evidence of your excellence as an individual or a group of individuals. Mm. It's like how you conceive of it. Yeah. Now, Christianity says, you better give it away or it's going to kill you <laughs> right now. Yeah. Christianity in the East anyway, sees that extra thousand extra. It's not the really right word for it, but sees the money you made as a gift. It's not to be attributed to your individual activity. It's attributed to God's work within you. And now you must quickly give it away. Because here's the trick. It's like blood in a body. Again, it's many layers of, 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 of reality. The blood in the body, if it pools, it will kill you. And if you mm. keep pooling the money mm. and attributing it to your most excellent activities, you mm-hmm. will die. You'll die. Right. You'll have a lot of money in a ton of houses. You'll be dead. Yeah. So, Capitalism is a is whatever. It let's do it, but the individualism has to be mis. The, the the definition has to change. There has to be a god. And what's happened over time is capitalism has chipped away at the notion of a god, because capitalism doesn't care about that as a philosophy. It's not relevant. And so, what have people forgotten? God 
And so what's happened to their capitalism? It's become the kind that kills you. Right, right. Because they got, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, because you're, that's what your generation's waking up to. I don't want, that stuff's going to kill me. Exactly, exactly. Because they get to see it play it out. They get to see the evidence of the experiment. They're like, well, all right, the 60s, 70s, 80s, everyone was trying to make money in the 90s, whatever. Right. And like, right. look at look at people's happiness. Did it work? Are they living better, fuller, more satisfied lives? Are they better human beings? It's like, not really. They just have more stuff. In fact, it's probably worse, you know? So, so how do you keep the notion of efficiency in an economic system while gutting the worst of the philosophy, the individualism? This is, this is the, this, for me, this is what Christians have to be doing yeah. in the modern world. And it means their money must move. It can't pool. And that means risking it all on all kinds of stuff. Now, I, I mean reinvesting. But it has to be risked all the time. Like, oh, my God, I might lose to this guy. Eddie really wants to build this playground weird business idea. Risk it. What difference does it make? Yeah. Risk it. The more you pool it, the more you kill yourself and everyone around you. It's bad. Right. And yeah, we got it. Yeah. I feel like you should do a follow up podcast at some point on uh, Chesterton, because I feel like that's the closest thing that there is to to maybe a successful economic oh, Christian model, you know, Bravo anyway. to you, Mr. Producer. Anyway, we got it. Yeah. As Mr. Producer, you told me to tell you to wrap this Let's up. Let's wrap so. it. Let's wrap it. So what do we say at the end of that? That was a lot of heavy done heavy. <laughs> I think it was pretty light though. I laughed. I tried I to. I laughed too. It's late. Shetty's Guggy Marjos, Riley. That means to you, the victory often set at the KP table of the Georgia Republic. KP, is what happens when good KP's just good stuff happening at a dinner table. <laughs> Thanks for coming along on today's pod and make sure you hit, hit like and love. And what are the other buttons now? Like sex? I think there's, can you hit sex? <laughs> I sex first things, dude. You say you, there's like one thing every podcast where it's gosh. like, oh, mom, don't listen. I know. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I think I do it because I am that bad son. <laughs> anyway, support us the Watar podcast and that helps support us our work in the field with really cool people we call impresarios who are out there doing local oftentimes businesses but projects to support their own communities we support them when you support us we get to do our work so kambufo nakfamdis these are all ways to say goodbye hasta luego au revoir Riley, every time I ask the producer to add one, but right now, uh, I'll do, I could do paka paka. It's just like nice. buying Russian. Paka paka to all of you. Peace out. See you next week. <laughs>